All right, our text tonight will be found in the book of Job, the 23rd chapter, verse number 10. Brother Jesse will be reading Ruth, the first chapter, verses number 3 and 5. Brother Philip will be reading Romans, chapter number 8, verse number 28. We miss dear sister Platt tonight. I did hear from her around 3 o'clock. She said there was no way at all that she could make it tonight, but she would miss everybody. That old timer knows how to text, and she knows how to use emojis. Is that what it is? It's not emojis. Y'all told me that. It's emojis. She knows how to use emojis better than I do. She's a texting machine, but she let me know she wouldn't be here tonight that she would sorely miss everybody. She is missed. She's been a mother to me in my ministry. She's been precious. Her and Brother Platt have been precious to me. We miss her. We thank God for the way the Holy Ghost moved this morning. Again, it's such a privilege to be Sister Sadie's pastor. That's what I've been told. We didn't steal her from her daddy. Believe it or not, the daddy didn't message me and let me know she was coming. Everything's a-okay with daddy. Praise God. We actually waited and prayed for the right timing. Several months ago, him and I, and Sister Sadie, we talked there. You'll probably remember that day, Sister Sadie, in the office, and Daddy got very emotional. Brother Shannon, if you hear this, I love you, and I'm just telling the truth. I'd be the same way. But he told me, Brother Shannon, I won't say everything, but he did tell me that he had peace with this and the timing of it. And I appreciate a daddy like that who wants what's best for his daughters. Not singular, daughter. Daughter is plural. So, the Wallace girls will be singing here soon. I want them to work on a song and get ready in the next service or so. Be ready to sing. I'm trying not to be overbearing or pushy, just pushing it right up here. But I'm ready for Sister Sadie to step right in with that singing. Amen. We're so thankful she's here. As Brother Tim said, what a privilege it is to be her pastor. I don't say this about many people, but I admire Sister Sadie. Always been that way. I've told her daddy that. I appreciate her. And it's an honor and a privilege to be her pastor. Brother Tim, I don't know what to say. People are close to me and special to me getting names immediately. You got one, Uncle Termite Tim. We're going to miss you, man. It's going to be hard to preach over the top of that uh, tonight, but we're going to miss you. He did give me his address if I'm ever in that area. Trinity, Alabama. Trinity, Alabama. Praise God, that's where he lives. I'm going to try to get by there and see him. I'm like him. I can't make any promises, but amen. Praise God. All right. Who's got the text? Job, the 23rd chapter, verse number 10. Praise God. Brother Philip, have you got rid of the jitters and the butterflies yet? Not yet. Okay. I tried to help you. The 23rd chapter of the book of Job, verse number 10. The Bible says, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Brother Jesse, would you read the text you have? And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left, and her two sons. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them, and the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Poor lady's going through it, didn't she? Brother Philip, what is the solution? Let's hear from the Apostle Paul. Romans 8, 28. 
And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to His purpose. I feel like we can close out right there and have the job done. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house. Why don't you raise your hands towards heaven? Ask the Lord to anoint this ossery. Amen. Heavenly Father, we pray for an anointing that cometh only from the Holy One. Lord, an unction that can only be thrown out of the glory world. Upon lips of clay, I pray that you would set a guard at my lips and anoint me to say the things that you would have me to say, nothing more or less. God, anoint the ears of this thy people that they may hear the word of God. Let these sayings sink down into their hearts that they may receive the word of God joyfully and have understanding on why the Spirit has spoken in such a manner as this. We may depart this place joyfully and not sorrowfully. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. How can you tell the difference between a churched and unchurched person? In my studies this afternoon, this came to me. Okay? Ask them to read the three-letter word spelled J-O-B. The unchurched person, Sister Hammond, will say, that spells job, of course. And the church person who's been Sunday school will chime in and say, wait a minute, quite possibly they could be spelling Job. I'm not preaching tonight on how to get a job, although young men, I think Christian men should hold down a job. But I am going to preach from the book of Job. Brother Platt used to ask the doctors who tended to him while he was cooped up in the hospital and all. He didn't like being there. He threatened daily, if not hourly, about leaving. But he always asked them a question. This question he asked them, he asked them whether I was there or not, went like this. How many children did Job have? Does anyone remember his answer? I do. He would say Job had the same amount of children as I do or had. Seven boys and three girls, ten all together. However, his daughter, Sister Cheryl, plans to set the record straight and set Daddy straight on this when she gets to heaven. How many did he really have, Sister Cheryl? Oh, praise God. He had some beautiful daughters after all was said and done, the Bible said the daughters of Job were the fairest women in all of the land. Praise God. I want to preach to us here tonight quickly if the Holy Ghost will allow me. If he wants me to preach longer, I'm willing. But I want to preach tonight a message at the Holy Ghost title. And I developed the message around this thought that God whispered in my heart. To come into this pulpit tonight tell some people that you aren't scrap metal. Mr. Selman, did you get that? You aren't scrap metal. What do we think of when we think of Job? Well, the modern prosperity preacher would certainly preach about Job's early beginning. They would preach about his abundance of wealth and his prosperity and his health plan. It seemed like he was doing everything good. His health was good. His children were fair and better than anyone else in the land. 
God was blessing him, and here's our favorite word, prospering him. But now, wait a minute, all things have changed. The situation is unraveled. Things are getting out of control. What has happened? Creflo Dollar and T.D. Jakes and some of these prosperity preachers would abandon Job at such a time as this. And they, like the foolish accusers, Job's friends, would begin to tell him he was not doing things right or God would be raining gold dust out of the glory world upon them. So when everything has been taken away from us, our world as we know it has changed, then we have to trust in the Lord. Lean not to our own understanding on our journey. Just acknowledge God. Give Him permission to do whatever it is He's doing and He'll bring everything together. When your life is like a puzzle, piece by piece, scattered upon the ground and it's making no sense at all. There's no rhyme. There's no reason. There's no story that could be written. No song that could be sung that would make anybody understand exactly what it is that you're going through. Then you can remember the words of Job. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Praise God. So I want us to know that the prosperity preacher may not be able to preach the sermon that I'm preaching here tonight but I can preach it. Praise God. Because I know all they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution and there's going to be testing temptation and turbulence that's unavoidable. There's going to be things that we go through not of our own choosing and we're going to know this that God has allowed these things and God has allowed some people and things to banish from our daily lives. Does that mean that our Lord has forsaken us? No. You can ask Job and ask Naomi. The Bible said that Elimelech led Naomi into the land of Moab looking for answers, looking for solutions. He was probably a man of prosperity, a man that had enough to take a trip. I know what it's like sometimes not to have the finances that I need in order to take a trip. There's been vacations canceled because I did not have adequate funding in order to take those trips. There's been times the youth group has taken a trip in my past and I was not able to go because I was unable to finance my way or my parents could not afford to send me there. I feel a preacher. And so sometimes after we have gone through these things and we've endured such bombardments of hell, we wonder are we really worth anything to anybody, to God, to the family of God. I looked up the meaning of gold. It's a precious, precious metal. To me, gold is very comely or beautiful to the eyes. It's an excellent conductor of heat and electricity. Would you get that? Now that'll shout you. It's the most malleable and ductile of all elements. A single gram can be beaten into one square meter sheet of gold leaf. Now I want you to picture with me Naomi as she willingly goes wherever her father, her husband has taken her. 
But then we find she goes through hard times. And as Brother Jesse read to us tonight, not only has her husband died, after that he has died, there is a promise of brighter days. Malon and Chilion begin to get married. And she's expecting grandchildren. She's expecting times of happiness and joy, as Sister Cheryl talked about. But nevertheless, for some reason, Malon and Chilion take sick and they die. So she's been widowed and her two daughters-in-laws are widowed. I want to point out something in my studies that stood out to me. I've never heard anybody preach this, but I know that the Holy Ghost wants me to preach it. I almost shuddered and shook to the floor when the Holy Ghost led me into looking up the meaning of Malon and Chilean's name. Their names mean sickly and wasting. You see, Naomi felt like everything was going south, so to speak. She's losing out with God. I don't know what Elimelech sold when he left the land of Bethlehem to go into the land of Moab. I don't know what he forfeited, what he gave up. But listen, she had given birth to children who would name their children wasting and sickly. Oh, God. Have you ever been to a scrap yard if you have not gone south of here? There's a scrap metal yard just south of here on State Road 29. And there's a pack rat, a scrap dealer that has packed metal in there. More than a rat would pack cloth in their little nest. He has hoarded that metal. There's no telling how many millions of dollars of scrap is there. Could you imagine if that scrap was gold? But we look at it and we drop by it and say, what a mess. Because it is scrap. Come on now. And we look at it and say, it's wasting away. Oh, how sick it is. Naomi gets to the place where she calls herself bitter. She loves naming everybody bad names because she's been through so much. And I preached a sermon about Ruth's opportunity and how she had to get past her mother-in-law's bitterness. And there were some good things about Naomi. But it took some time for the blowtorch of heaven to focus on the life of Naomi. To get Naomi back to where God intended for her to be. To get Naomi in the center of God's will. So she had to leave the scrap metal and the sickly, the wasting. And she had to allow God to have his perfect work in her life. How many of us are going through some things? How many of us cannot figure out what it is God is doing? How many of us have got a list of questions asking God, what in the world are you doing in my life? Well, I've got an answer for you here tonight. You are not scrap metal. You are not junk. You see, gold has been viewed as a symbol of wealth, wisdom. But I've got something better than that. When I think of gold, I think of the paving materials of that celestial city. That city, amen, that has street 
gold. Have you ever heard of anyone stockpiling gold? I have. Because they feel like its value will never diminish. Oh, praise God. With all types of currency upon all nations fades away. Gold has its value. When the charismatic churches fade away and dim from view, when the prosperity preachers lose their message and their view without celestial city, come on, only those that have endured the fire, only those that have been purged in the fire, could you say it? In the fire. You see, the Lord has allowed some of you and I have stood watching as your pastor wanting to intervene, wanting to erase that situation from your life, wanting to beg God's permission to dissolve it and ask God to remove that trial and to remove that disease and arrest that tumor and to destroy it and to heal that foot. But for some reason, God is allowing us to go through some things. I'm preaching a night through a toothache. And I'm preaching a night through rheumatoid arthritis. Could you preach better without a toothache? Could you preach better without rheumatoid arthritis? Let me turn it around and ask you, would you be serving God better tonight than you are if you had not endured some things? If you have not been persecuted? If you have not been perplexed? If you have not been through those difficult times? Would you be where you're at tonight? Oh, God. I preached this morning on the faithfulness and the stewardship of Abraham's servant, his prayer life, the reliability of such a man. The Bible spoke of having confidence in an unfaithful man. It's like depending on a foot that's out of joint. But Job may very well be a greater example of faithfulness than Abraham's servant, whom I preached about this morning. When a man has lost everything and he stood before ten caskets in one service and he's got a wife coming to him and said, I don't understand it. I've got some questions. I'm shedding tears. I'm about to go insane. I don't know why we've got to go through this. I've heard preachers preach against the foolishness of Job's wife. But let yourself get in her shoes and imagine with me how it must have felt to walk into the funeral chapel and to see ten caskets of them ten babies that you birthed into the world. Even though you knew your husband had been sacrificing daily. Amen. Hoping to see the life spared. Hoping to see their party ways change. But Joe knew he is working on me. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You are not scrap metal. Raise your hands and love God. Somebody who is scrap metal will rust away. I'm almost done. Someone who is scrap metal will get rusty. But I've never heard of gold corroding. Have y'all? 
I've heard of it needing a little polishing. But I've never heard of it losing its value. I've never heard it losing its substance. Hey, I'm preaching to somebody. You have been beat up by the devil. But you're not out of the fight. And you're going to come out stronger than you've ever been. When he hath test me through the fire. We ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, can a person go through the fire and live? Honey, you better believe it. Listen to me, sweetheart. We can go through the fire unscathed. But we must go through the fire. Some have passed through the water and some have passed through the fire. We have not been promised a bed of roses. I'm almost done here. You see, afflictions and persecutions gives us the golden opportunity, amen, to shine as pure gold. What we're made of, the metal that we are constructed of, comes forth when we are put in the fire. When God tests the metal that you're made of, young lady, when God puts that boy in your path, and you cave and you buckle and you come under conviction. If you are scrap metal, you'll end up on the devil's scrap pile. But if you're gold and you made a mistake, you will become purified and sanctified and you will never make that same mistake again. There's a lot of preaching in this tonight, but we've got to have a party. Sister Hammond said this morning, it's party time. So I'm going to cut it short. So I'm almost done. Sister Cheryl, all I can say is, hold on. You're in the furnace. Sister Howell, all I can say is, hold on. You're in the furnace. And widows, my beloved, all I can tell all of you is, hold on. You're in the furnace. Sister Walker, you said it 12 years ago. Now you're living it. 12 years ago she said growing old is not easy. But one thing that woman has never done. And I love her children to hear this sermon. She has never grown cold. We can grow old. But we should not grow cold. I've seen God throw her in the furnace. I've seen God put her in the pressure cooker. But every time she ain't come out bitter. She's come out better. Naomi. Naomi. Wake up. God ain't been bitterly with you. Hey, my God has put you in the furnace of affliction, knowing that the triumph of your faith will bring you forth as refined gold. Raise the hands and love the Lord. Let's just raise our hands and worship God. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost hijacking the service. Praise God. You're going to come forth as gold. You're going to come forth as gold. After he has tried me. Somebody raise your hands. Somebody worship God. Somebody praise him. Thank you, good brother. When your faith is put to the test, 
What are you going to do? I'm going to trust God because this is a light affliction. Considering him that endured the cross, despising the shame for the joy that was set before him. I believe better days are coming. I feel like somebody is going to sing sweet victory song. How can you have a testimony unless there is a test? How can you have your gold unless there is a fire? I'm not asking God to put us in the fire, but if you're in the fire, Yet will I trust him. Oh, come on, this can't be preaching in this sermon. You are not scrap metal. Job's faith was put to the test. He lost everything but a wife who is overwhelmed. How many times on the storm of life did Job and his wife barely cling to the rock of ages? I could hear him whispering the words of the psalmist when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When our friends and family don't understand why we're going through what we're going through, when we've got false accusers, we've just got to trust in God. I'm almost finished. All things. Could you say that word all? A double L. All things work together for good. Is that what you read to us, Brother Philip? Brother Jesse, did you preach that Naomi lost everything? But that's not the end. Elimelech may have been scrapped metal and left to decay and to corrode in the soil of Moab. But Naomi and Ruth were going to be put into the storehouse of the Lord. You've got to understand to be a golden coin. You've got to be refined and pressed to be one of those in the storehouse of the Lord. You're looking for a financial term, okay? I'll give it to you. Apostle Paul said, I'll gladly be spent. Amen for the Lord. God, I spent a little gold. I spent a little myself. I spent a little bit. I'll spend a little bit. I'll wear out my life if that's what it takes because I could look at him who was the epitome of suffering and I could believe that he came out of the ground and he was not scrap metal. He was the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the gold of our lives. He is the precious element in every person's life. Purge me and put me in your purse. Where'd that come from? That came straight out of heaven right there. Somebody ought to raise a hand and worship God. Though he has trouble, I'm going to come forth as gold. Satan, you may take my foot. Satan, you may take my back. 
but you can't have my soul. For what is a man profit? Here's a financial term. If it gain the whole world and lose his own soul. If it takes like Jacob of old, holding the pot of time in order to be renamed, in order to be selected and chosen, then I'm willing to be pushed and to be pressed until I change. The Bible said the patriarch from that day forth, he was maimed, he halted on his thigh. That's somebody that's been in a struggle. That's somebody that's been in a fight. That's somebody trying to find themselves. How many of us are like the frog? You put it in the frying pan. You got water in there. You turn it up to a boiling temperature. Buddy, you throw him in there and he hops out. You know God will not put on us more than we can bear. But sometimes he will do. Like the guy that did get the frog. He'll leave it cold for a while. But he'll gradually increase the heat. I feel the preacher in his heart. And then we realize he is refining us. Hey, it's a purifying fire. It's full of soap. He is working on us to purge out the dross. Naomi, what is exactly going on? He is working all things together for your good. He's got to get the bitterness out. He's got to get you back to that place where you don't come to church saying, my name is bitterness and my children's name are sickly and my children's name are wasting. God ain't got nobody left alone on the scrap pile. We got to come back saying, God has done good for me. I can see it now. Naomi left out full, came back empty. Came out a wealthy woman. The bride probably to a wealthy man. Came back nothing. Nothing has to be redeemed if I'm ever going to become somebody again. But he knows she is the diamond in the rough. The Holy Ghost knows there's a baby named Jesus. That's going to come out of that pagan woman that has converted to Judaism. Her name is Ruth. The people say she's not the ordinary person. She's not the scrap metal of Moab. She's not the results of an incestuous relationship between a man of God and a worldly person. That's another sermon for another day. But there's something about the spirit of that woman. She knows her true value. And she knows the storehouse. And she knows the house of bread. And she knows she does not belong in the land of Moab. But she belongs in the trophy case of the Lamb of God. I want to preach to us. You'll never become the trophy of God unless you've been in the press. And you've been pushed. And you've been promoted by God. Two powerful beings met on an eventful day. Lucifer approached the throne room of God Almighty. What you been doing, Lucifer? Give account for everything you've been done. I don't know about these preachers that don't want to give account to anybody. 
even the devil has to give an account for God. What you been doing? Well, I've been wreaking havoc, just being the devil. Just being the devil. The devil being the devil is no reason to give up. And God allowing the devil to be the devil is no reason to give up. Because all these things work together for our good. Somebody asked Brother Rope came today, how did you take that? I know what they meant. What it was, that boy needed to be put in the stove and burn up so that the gold could come out. I feel a preacher in this house. Oh, come on. I just heard the Holy Ghost speak from somewhere up here. You feel like your scrap metal. What's God going to do with me? You wait till he gets done working on you. All my people know, Ruth, that you're a virtuous woman. You're a good woman. You're gold. I know when my boys met their girls, they came to me and said, what do you think about them? I said, Rachel's gold. I said, Hannah's gold. Now, you know what I'm saying? They may not be totally perfect. There may be some things their parents know that I don't know and I don't want them to tell me about. But what I felt was inside their gold. And it may take some refining in their relationships for that gold to shine as a family. But listen, I mean, we're not going to go through this to be destroyed. Many married couples, financial strain is a trick of the enemy to destroy your marriage. Sickness is a trick of the enemy to destroy your marriage. Oh God, I need to close down. But when you are made of gold and iron begins to strike iron, Oh, praise God. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Wait a minute. Naomi's coming back with nothing. Job, honey, listen. Let it sink in. Let's have some psychology here. What you've been doing ain't working. Hold on, honey. He says out of the furnace. Jesus speaks out of the burning, fiery furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar trembles and he shakes and said, Did not we put three into the furnace? But the fourth appears to be the Son of God. You know what Jesus was in there doing? He was in the midst of the fire. And he was refining his own and purifying them. He was building up their most holy faith. I'm telling somebody, you need to have a new outlook and a new perspective on your situation. What was the preacher's name that used to lay on the cot and preach? Does anybody remember? Amen. Bo Jackson, James Bo Jackson, is that it? Lay on the platform. Was he paraplegic? Is that correct? Pretty much. He could only move his arms and his head from what I remember. You talk about somebody in the fire, but his caregiver was in it with him. Because she drug him out of that car and put him on that cot. She put him back in. She got him dressed. She took care of him. He preached. He got a lot of the credit, a lot of the claim, a lot of the recognition. But what I like to think about 
It's Miss James Pope Jackson being in the fire with him. And how many times she must have encouraged him behind the lines when nobody else was around. Go ahead and preach it. You may be going through it and you may feel like you're worthless and scrap metal, but you're a blessing to somebody. No, God did not heal you, but he healed somebody else. That's the mentality that we must develop, that we must be molded in, though he slay me. Naked I came into the world. Naked I shall return. It means he came into this world. Hallelujah with nothing. But in time the prosperity preachers would love him. I mean he's got a nice necktie. He's got a nice suit. He's even got one of these gadgets. But then it's gone brother Jesse. Take that suit coat off, brother. I know you look sharp. Boy, you look dapper today. Thought you looked good, brother Philip. You about outgrown me too. Take that necktie off. That's gonna be the extent to the clothes shucking. <laughs> My God in heaven, he loses everything. Everything. That's why Jesus told his preacher men that man, if there's ever been preachers, it was them. He said, don't worry about two coats. Don't worry about a roof over your head. Don't worry about all this stuff. Forget the big jet. I will feed you with ravens if I need to. It was nice to have the $500 suit. And I imagine Brother Phillips is an $89.99, even though it looks good. And it was nice to have the $200 necktie. And I'm not faulting anybody that God has prospered and that God has blessed. I just hope they're blessing God's people with it. Because as sure as God gave, the Lord can take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If we're dependent upon not having two coats and having big houses and having a big bank account and having a surplus to live on, we have a have to. Searching and find out what is wrong with our hearts. You've heard of them movie stars and them music singers and lost it all. That's right. But it's another thing when you don't have a suit, Brother LaRue, and you think you're called to preach. And you don't look as good as everybody else. And you stuck out like a sore thumb. You go to camp meeting to preach, and you ain't got it. Uh-huh. You ain't got the crazy socks. Right. I do. Come on. He does. Look at them monkeys on them socks. My God. Come on. But when you're not fitting in, you're not meeting the fashion standards. You feel like you're worthless, useless. You ain't got what everybody else has got. You ain't got the big house. Everybody else has got. Don't worry, honey. He knows exactly what you need and what you can take in order to make it to heaven. You supplies all of our needs according to his riches in glory. I'm telling somebody, you may be sitting in last pile, but you're not junk. You were to search the ash pile of Job, you would find scrap metal. But you would find no gold. 
saving his very own soul. I feel the preacher in this house. God's talking to somebody right now. Boils all over his body. His health he cannot regain. Oh God. There's no hope of business opportunities. There's no job offers. There's no hope of rebounding. Though he's aiming. Look up to heaven, brother. Though he's aiming. Give us that powerful word, Job. Yeah, say it. Yet. Oh God. I know God's allowing it. I know God gave the devil a permission slip that says take everything he's got from him. Just don't kill him. You can harm his body even. And he's going to sit there in the junk heap. In a scrap bin. Oh, come on in the ash pile. He went us nothing but junk and scrap and put himself in it. Say, God. If there's anything of any value left, it's me. It's me. And I'm telling somebody under the sound of my voice as the Spirit of God is sweeping through this place. You need to remember something that a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things that he possesses. Oh, God. Some people boast on the wealth that God has given them as though there is something special in the eyes of God. The same kind of boasting can be done with somebody that is musically talented. Listen, they can say, I am worth something to God because God put that skill in me. You may have great finances, but I've got something you don't have. You know what our term is? Richly blessed. God has helped us help His church through the ministry of preaching, through the ministry of teaching, through the gifts of help. To the gifts of being a blessing. But the greatest gift that we have in the church is those that go through the fire and may be burned, but yet are not consumed. What would happen to you if you put all your trust in your health and in your wealth? Somebody needs to obey God in this house. You would lay there and die. It is why people commit suicide. Let me be real clear right here. I know that maybe there's been crazy things that have happened and people have accidentally killed themselves and it's been interpreted as suicide. I know there's probably been tumors on people's brains after the autopsy and they realize something went amiss. But when you deliberately throw your hope away and you don't realize that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and that you're the apple of the eye of God. And that he has engraven your name in his hand. And that you are special. You're not scrap metal. You are somebody God is molding. If it gets right down to it. I remember one time a woman that meant well asked me to go into the nursing home. Back when I administrated that mission. And she asked me to go in there and pray with somebody. She's no longer among the holiness people. She meant well. And she asked me to go into that room. And I think she exaggerated the wishes of that person. Thinking that I would be able to overpower their will by the anointing of God. And when I went in there, that man told me straight up something contrary to what I'd heard. He said, I did not ask for a preacher. I did not call for anybody to come in here. 
and pray with me. Listen to this. This cancer has ate his spinal cord in two at the base of his neck. He could not move his arms and he could not move his legs. The only thing that he could move was his head. How old was he, preacher? Good question. Looked like he was in his early 40s. And I realized, Brother Tyler, I preached a sermon recently titled, No Guarantees. And I said that could happen to any of us. But he chose the bitter road. He cussed me out. He gave God a last name that God does not have. Oh, I feel the preacher. He accused people of all kind of things. He had been pushed away and left to die. The ten minutes that I was in there, he cussed and he hollered. And I tried to practice what I preach. What the Word of God declares that a soft answer turned away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. After a while, I realized this man is paralyzed on the gates of hell. And he's about to go into eternity. I asked him a question. I said, would you like to pray? No, I don't want to pray. And he uttered out some horrible words. I said, well, sir, I don't normally do this. But because somebody felt a burn for your soul, contrary to how you feel about it, and quite frankly, there's nothing you can do about it. Somebody thought, man, that probably threw him into a hissy fit. No, I was surprised. Hey, brother, he laid there. And I said, I'm preaching to pray for you. And I'm going to pray that God saves your soul. You know what he did? He quit cussing. And he closed his eyes. And I prayed. Somebody could have cussed him out. And somebody could have said, don't you talk to me like this. Don't you realize you're in no position. But he saw the gold in me. Jesus saw the gold in me. When I was watering in my own blood. When nothing was going right. He began to work on me. He redeemed me. He's tuning me. He's refining me, Brother Jeremiah. What is it we're learning through this? What do you got to do, Brother Joe? Do you know? You don't. That's why I'm your pastor. I preached this morning. Anybody ever heard anybody preach on Abraham's servant? Praying for his master Abraham? Probably not. You'd probably never hear it again. God uses me with these mystery texts. I don't know why he does what he does. But what is the answer to put the suit back on? What is the solution to the problem? What can he do about it? Does anybody know? Any Bible scholars among us? The tide turned and the door in the furnace opened when he prayed. For his friends. Bless them with the words of Jesus that persecute you. Pray for them that misuse you. Job, there's no sense in worrying about it. Just go ahead and pray for their false accusers. Pray for everybody that misunderstood. Pray for those that mistouch you. Get on your knees, Job, and pray. Suddenly, the door to the furnace flew open. I can pray. I can't turn my life around. I can't buy another house. I can't build a mass wedding.
But there's something I can do. I can pray for those who mistreated me. Oh, thank God. Then Job notices that he don't need the pot surge anymore. He notices that that skin's healing. He realizes the time was coming in, but now it's going out. And the Bible said, let's stand tonight that the end of Job's life was better than the beginning. What's today's theme been? Thank you for asking. Pray. Pray for others. My dear Uncle Danny said he couldn't get the Holy Ghost for years. But said when he finally, one service, decided to pray for somebody else, he said, boom, he got the Holy Ghost. My brother Joseph could not get the Holy Ghost. For a long time he saw it. One particular day, the Lord spoke to me and told me to travel to North Florida, and I did. There I told the pastor, said, I'm not here to preach. He said, well, you will be preaching. I said, I'm not here to preach. I'm here to be present. Lo and behold, one of my brothers was there. They got to praying for me and my ministry. I heard somebody begin to weep, and then I heard somebody sound like a bull on fire. I mean, it sounded like a rodeo bull if I've ever heard one nostrils are flaring and a huffing and a puffing. It was Brother Joseph. He got baptized in the Holy Ghost, him with fire, as he prayed for his brother. Amen. Let's bow our heads here tonight. Let's praise God. Amen. I'm going to bring it to a close. Job is a prime example of someone remaining faithful to the Lord. If there's a success in our business, or if we suffer total loss financially, I will trust him. We need to have a welcoming party for Sister Sadie here in a little while. I'm going to conclude the preaching. But Job is saying, Lord, you know all about the road I'm traveling on. You have permitted this trial. But when all is said and done, when it is finished, I shall come forth as refined gold. He is using this trial to refine you, Sister Cheryl. He's using this trial to refine you, Brother Samuel. Sister Howie's using this trial to refine you. Others that are going through things that I may or may not know about. You're a God for in person. Why is he allowing this to happen to you? Why, Job's wife wondered, are we going through this? He is working all things together for our good. Persecution, he's using it for your good. Persecution to the body of Christ, he's using it for your good. In my conclusion of this sermon tonight, I want to say, after Joseph had been sold into slavery, simply because of jealousy, is that something to get bitter over? I'm telling you, it would be so easy to get bitter over somebody being blessed and get jealous. But Joseph had been estranged from his friends and family, Brother Nathaniel, 13 years. How did he respond when the day came for his brothers to be thrown in the furnace of persecution? The Bible said that Joseph ran into the other room and rather than tear it into a rage, he wept with great love for his brothers.
Brother Jesse, would you come to the piano tonight? You know what Joseph's words were? You thought evil against me, but God meant it for good. There it is. Holy Ghost has connected the dots yet again. Apostle Paul wrote the prison letters from a prison. He was such a blessing. And that's where he wrote it. All things work together for our good. As Brother Jesse begins to play, thanks again, Brother, for the water. If you're here tonight and the devil has done everything he can to tell you you're not going to be worth anything, not going to be worth the salt on your bread, you're nobody, you'll never amount to anything, I want you to be honest with me here tonight. I just can't do anything. I'm broken. I'm a mess. You aren't scrap metal. You're gold. You may not be pure gold yet, but God's got plans for you. He's purifying you. I want to say tonight, even the disabled among us, if you could please just somehow pull yourself to the front. If you feel like God has spoke to you through this message, I want to ask my wife, to come over here, sit on the front pew. She's been going through something nobody knows about but me and her. I want a sister Cheryl. She's disabled. It'll be all she can do to get up here. I know that. These ladies won't fall out with me for calling their names, but I'm telling you, they have been going through it. If we only knew. There's others that are going through things tonight. I know this ain't a crybaby session. Job was going through some severe things. I could have preached and talked with Andrew about all the good things that came to him after the tide turned. But tonight I'm talking about that refining process. Some of you are in the fire. There's some husbands. There's some spouses. You're like Joseph. You don't understand why you're going through what you're going through. But when Joseph got promoted from the prison house to the palace, don't you think he could say it was worth it? Don't you think he could say I'm a better man today because of the prison? Don't you think Pastor Howe's a better preacher because of the affliction? I'm not asking anybody tonight to ask for an affliction, but I am telling you to just go ahead and rejoice in the midst of your affliction. We've got nothing to complain about. Brother Samuel, you won't get offended with me. You've been going through it. Spiritual warfare. I ain't heard him say one thing. He hasn't complained. And I'm going to tell you, Brother Samuel, this thing is not unto death. There is a remedy, Sister Cheryl. It doesn't have to be unto death. There is a remedy, Sister Howell. It doesn't have to be unto death. It's just a refining process. Brother Samuel, would you kneel at this altar over here? Anybody else that wouldn't fall out with me, come down and say, I need God to strengthen me here. I'm definitely going through the fire. Brother Nathaniel, what if you could sing something tonight? You and Brother Jesse. What about it, Mama? The pressure, the strain. I know as sure as I'm standing here. What about it, widow? What about an unmarried person? The strain. Enormous strain. Anybody. Preacher, I just feel useless, worthless at times. The devil tells me I don't amount to nothing. There was a man 
And I don't know that he's saved. Now, how many of you have ever heard of Russ Taft? Anybody ever heard of Russ Taft, the gospel singer? I've heard Russ Taft say it several times over the years. I've not always been holiness. Russ Taft said years ago that he was raised up in a Pentecostal church. His mother originated out of a holiness group. Said that his daddy hid alcoholism from the church. For many years, nobody knew that Mr. Taft, the preacher, was an alcoholic. But the church began to change. They dropped the standard. He allowed the people to come up on the platform that weren't eligible. Bob here, women began to play, things like that. That was proof positive that something was wrong with Russ's daddy. Russ said nobody knew that this man was a severe alcoholic. His mother looked holiness initially, but she got put through the fire with this secret sin. And rather than calling out on God in time, she compromised and began to cover the sin of the father. After some time, Russ tells this story, the church and the deacon board found out that they had been hiding sin from the congregation. This was the day and hour when they put a sinning preacher out. That family got banned from that church, kicked out of that church. The preacher was removed from the pastorate, in other words, Brother Roadcap. Today they promote that. They encourage that. Russ Taft said this. He said, my daddy frequently told me, you don't amount to anything. You're not worth the sowing your bread. You're of no value to God. Sing it, brother. Again, I'm not here to proclaim Russ Taft's name. But I have heard him sing for years and I've known he is a tormented soul. I can tell that he was a wounded being. If you are here tonight and you're wounded, listen, David said, I was wounded in the house of my friends. Among those that I love, would everybody bow your heads and close your eyes? There's somebody that's not moving. I can feel it. God has told you to move out and to move in this altar. Would you accept the work that God is doing in your life? It's a refining work. It's a purifying work. He's working on you. All these things are working together for your good. Hallelujah. Jesus. Come on, somebody else. Obey God. Jesus. Here's one. Is there another? Lord, here's another. Here's another. Be honest. Lord, am I worth anything to you? I preach the answer to that. You're worth more than the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. You're worth more than the world. You're our stepmother. Oh, awesome. 
Let's 